0: Hi, Dad. Um, today I am going to be reading you Proverbs 1 in the New International Version. Okay, Proverbs 1. This one. So, I'm going to start reading it. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for for acquiring a disciplined and pr, uh, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowing and forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings of the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom wisdom and discipline. Okay. um, So that section was exhortations to embrace wisdom, and this section is warning ag- against enticement, or enticement. Verse 8, listen, my son, to take to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland t- to grace your head, and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, "Come along with us, let's lie and wait for someone's blood, let's way, let's waylay for, let's waylay some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave, and toll those who go down into the pit." We will get all. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder, and fi- throw in their lot with us. And we will share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net and full of all these birds in full view of all these birds These men lie and wait for their own blood they waylay only themselves so, such is the end of all who go after ill-gotten gain it takes away the lives of those who get it and warning against rejecting wisdom verse 20 Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. She cries in the chief place of concourse. The, oh, oh, whoops, I switched versions. So, um, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out, In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. And made my thoughts known to you. But since you have rejected me when I when I called, and since no one gave heed when I stretched out my hands, since you have ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I will turn to laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When when I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they did not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke. They will eat fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Okay, Dad. um, uh. I'm going to switch over to Lily, so you you're gonna read. So you're gonna look for part two, part two, Ember's End, chapter three. Okay, bye. Okay, hello, Daddy. Um,
1: I'm going to start reading Ember's End, chapter three. It's called "Recalled to War." picket limped across a wide path leading back to Helmer's family farmhouse. He gripped a long, rotting beam of the split-rail fence and pulled himself forward. He had rested, as commanded by Princess Emma, but he felt that he must move. He, but he felt that he must... He felt that now he must move. It wasn't only he wanted to do his part in the preparations for the coming battle at First Warren, but he felt his his fire for the fight waning. Pickett was tired. He felt old almost, haggard and weary. His injured leg was stiff and ached with pain. He had all but outrightly defied Emma's ins- insistent order for him to spend a few days at rest, angrily arguing with her so loudly that her staff and court were alarmed. But having grimly accepted his sentence and come to Helmer's rundown family farm for a short retreat, he now found it hard to think of leaving. Pickett hadn't been safe for so long. He hadn't had a home, a proper home, for what felt like years. As for family, he only had Heather and Uncle Wilfred since the day the wolves attacked and he lost his home. Oh no, the microphone came unplugged. I'll fix it. Uh. Okay, I think it's back in. As for family, he only had Heather and Uncle Wilfred since that day the wolves attacked and he lost his home, happiness, and, for a while, hope. Pickett didn't know if Uncle Wilfred was even still alive, but this farm... Helmer's family farm where his sister Erin and his niece Weezy lived, felt both homey and safe. Safe. He felt a deep, soul weary longing to stay. So he knew so he knew he must go. Must move. His errand wasn't over. Not as long as Heather and the rest of their family might be alive not nor as long as any rabbit and natalia trembled beneath the vast ravenous shadow of morbid blackhawk and his plate pickett stopped and retied the long black scarf around his neck he leaned against the yielding fence and gazed across at the sagging farmhouse set amid an ocean of pale swaying grass the setting sun sprayed rays of gold that played along the prancing grass and glinted on the old house he watched on and on as sun dipped lower, as the sun dipped lower. His hands played absently with sticks he gathered along his walk. Pigot took his knife and trimmed and scored the stout twigs, fitting them together in their center. From his pocket he withdrew a ribbon long and blue. Tying the several sticks together he stared through the tears at what he'd made. A hurried footfalls sounded behind him. And he swung around, hand darting to his sword hilt. It was Wheezy, running up with a smile. Don't cleave me in too, Piggott Slayer!" She raised her hands as as she crossed the last yards between him. I have word from the city. Am I recalled? Piggott asked. You are, Captain Longtreader, she said. The princess wants you back tonight for a council. It seems the enemy might be on the move. Piggott nodded, then turned away, then turned back to glimpse at the last glowing light fall on the swaying field. He limped back from the fence, drew back, then launched his creation. He sent the star stick sta- sailing through the air, its blue ribbon rippling in the winds. Rippling in the winds, it rose and fell, disappearing at last amidst a dark, distant patch of tall grass. Piggott stared at the spot. Blinked, then turned back to Weezy. "Should we go get it?" Weezy asked. "No," Pigot replied, limping ahead. "I'll find it after I find Heather." He heard Weezy's steps as she caught up to him, and they rose towards the house. The evening settled. The evening settled in as they walked, and the and the house began to glow with lamplight. Erin emerged on the porch and gazed out into the deep e- into the deepening evening. Seeing them, she smiled and returned inside. Pickett's leg was getting better, but it still ached. His limp seemed certain to be a lifelong remember of these days of war, however long his life would last. He gazed up at the first stars, marking the vague traces of the warrior consolation high above. Was that my ribbon? Wheezy asked. Maybe. Maybe! Wheezy frowned and mocked severity. Picket, thing stealer! Bane of the doves! Pigget sighed. You're never going to let me forget that song, are you? No, I can't see that ever happening. They entered the house. Aaron was waiting in her familiar chair. You seem him about to leave me. She said, Yes, ma'am. Pigot replied, looking down the war, the cause, I was sitting in this very chair, Aaron said, squinting against tears when Homer first left to join the war when-when th- when cause and Crown took my brother away. How old was he, Mother? How old was he, How old was he, Mother? Wheezy asked about Pigot's age. Aaron wiped her eyes. He told me he planned to come back, to finish his fighting, and return to the farm. It's what father wanted, though he understood... It's what father wanted, though he understood the king's name. How I wept. I always wanted him to come home again. I'd stare out the window at the road, believing I might see him top, him top the far rise and walk back into our lives, that he'd carry on what his father started, but he never really came home, nor not to stay. There always was another war, and then, well, the king fell. That was the end of any hope of, had, of having him home. Homer was far away then, right? Pickett asked, with Lord Brake and the army. Is that what he told you? Aaron frowned. I don't know if he said that or I just assumed what Pickett said. He's not always talkative about the past. Aaron nodded. For a good reason. So much pain. She wiped out her eyes and shook her head, then smiled at Pickett and took Wheezy's hands in hers. I'll let you get your things. Not long after, Pickett hugged Aaron and took his leave. Thank you, he said, taking off and handing her his black scarf. Will you keep this for me? Of course, Pickett, Aaron replied, smiling as she took the scarf. It will be here when you come home. He nodded, wiping out his eyes, then set out along the path as Wheezy hugged her mother. I'll be back as soon as I'm able, Wheezy said. Pickett heard her whisper affection and then the sound of the door closing. He thought of his own mother and how long it had been since he'd seen her. Wheezy caught up to him and took his arm. I can't walk I can walk without help, Wheezy, He said, glancing at her grip on his arm. I know, she said. Chip. Okay. Chapter 4 is called The Dawn Alarm. And we're 8 9 minutes in. Uh, how many pages long is it? One two. seven pages long. Okay. I'll read it. Chapter 4 is called The Dawn Alarm. Alongside Wheezy, Pickett entered the city center of Firstborn. By the light of a thousand torches, Rabbits crafted elaborate defenses, defense works all over the square. Atop the walls, blue-robed votaries and stout soldiers from various citadels installed bow strikers and other assets. Across the city center, soldiers and staff from all regions of Natalia worked side by side on a hundred urgent errands. Pickett smiled to see the unity the unity in the work. I need a drink of water. So I'm going to pause it. Okay, I'm back. I got my drink of water. Now I got to find where I was at. Okay, Pickett smiled to see the unity in the work. Diligent masons stacked long, smooth sections of stone beside the palace roof, binding them together while others stacked still higher sections above, ending what looked like curling bridge work below. Elsewhere, earthworks were being created with vast ditches situated around the high, sturdy mounds. Forges fired and sweating smiths pounded out arms beneath the starlight. I'm angry that sh- I'm angry that she's left me out of this work. Pickett said. She's no fool, Pick. Wheezy answered. She knew you'd never rest here, and resting's what she needed from you. You're not missing out on the work. You're doing it. She needs you as fresh as possible for what's ahead. Pickett grunted. You make a good point, she replied. It's not hard to see who trained you. Your master, my beloved Uncle Helmer, has the sw- same sweet fallacy with language. He grunted again. Soon they were inside the palace, hurrying past the sentries, who saluted, wide eyed, as they saw Pickett limping past. Wheezy smiled at their awe. Need a hand? Need a hand? Wheezy asked as they reached the foot of the stairs. Actually, they're easier than flat ground," Pickett said. Taking the banister in hand and pulling himself up, he took several steps at a time. They reached the top and moved into the long corridor, leading to a large hall, busy with officers and soldiers coming and going. Captain, an officer called. It was Lieutenant Warkin, saluting as he ran up. Captain Longtreader, if you please, Princess Emma awaits you in the counseling room. Get itch. Okay. Thank you, Lieutenant, Pickett said, and then started for the room. Lieutenant Workin coughed. Sir, I'm sorry, he said, glancing at Weezy. The council is only for the highest-ranking lords and officers by the princess, the princess's invitation. Pickett frowned and was about to speak, but Weezy shook her head at him, then smiled at Lieutenant Workin. Of course, Lieutenant, I came only to make sure he didn't get lost. And you should have seen how much help he needed on my stairs. Pick it, she said, turning back to him. I'll be waiting for you beneath the seventh standing stone. But Wheezy, I'm sure. Go on, pick. I'll be waiting for you there. She smiled, turning around. She smiled, turned around. What is that? Okay, I think it was the bike. She smiled, turned around, and walked back the way they had come. Pickett watched her for a while, then spun and limped ahead. Pickett saluted the guard outside the door, then entered, then entered. Inside, the lords and captains sat around a large oval table. Emma sat at one, flanked by Lord Blackstar and Mrs. Weaver. <coughs> Sorry. Next to them sat Helmer and Lord Morgan Booker. Lords Ronan and Felsen whispered together. They had all been talking, but a silence spread as they noticed Pickett come in. An odd reverence, Pickett thought, showed on most faces. Some saluted, others bowed. Helmer frowned. "'So good of you to join us, Lord Layabout,' he said. "'Find a seat, Pickett, if you can manage the strain.' Piggit grinned. He much preferred Helmer's needling to the strange awe he seemed to inspire among even the highest-ranking rabbits. Lord High Captain Helmer, your royal lordship, defender of the crowning cause, I thank you, he said, bowing neatly to his master. It's good to see your manner survived the battle, the last battle unaltered. Helmer shook his head, but a corner of his mouth turned up as he glanced over towards Emma. Your Highness, I think we're all here. Now that our res- resident legend of folk song, oh, legend, now that our resident legend of folk song has arrived, has arrived, arrived from his country estate. Welcome, Captain Longtreader. Emma said, smiling tenderly at him. Pigot bowed, then found an empty seat beside Hayward. My lords. ''My lords and captains,'' Emma continued, ''I am reliably informed that Morbin is massing his army north of Grey Grove, and what we have awaited is nearly upon us. We can expect his attack within the week,'' she nodded to Captain Fry. ''Your Royal Highness,'' Captain Fry bowed before turning to address the room. ''We don't expect to be ready with our defenses before ten days.'' He glanced at Hayward, who nodded. This intelligence, which was hard won, is ill news for us. We must press on, Emma answered. What else can we do? Press on, Lord Morgan said, and others nodded and echoed his assent. Your Highness, Mrs. Weaver said, we must meet with the Terralanes at once. It is vital. Emma nodded, concern played playing over her face. She glanced at Helmer, who looked away. And we must get the most vulnerable away safely to Harbone, Lord It's clicking again. Why is it clicking? Okay. We must Get the most vulnerable to harm, Bone. Lord Ronan added. Unless they are, unless they are already safely away, the last travelers are the last travelers are preparing to leave now. Helmer said. I'm afraid we must send a sizable escort along, due to the, due to the nearness of the enemy. I don't like it, Miss Weaver said, shaking her head. What else can we do? What else can we do, wise mother? Helmer asked, without a hint of rebuke in his tone. Mrs. Weaver shook her head. Pickett thought he read the means. He read the means of her concerns. Nowhere is safe. All choices are heavy with peril. They go to Harbone, Emma said firmly. It is the best decision I can make. I will go with them. And the same escorts that seize them. There will bring me to. Meet Prince Kylan of Terling. I will assemble a party, your Highness, Helmer said, bowing his head quickly to her. Lieutenant Hayward, Emma said. Is the coordinated defense unit working well together? Yes, your Highness, Hayward said. He coughed nervously and glanced over at Pickett. Pigget nodded to him com- confidently, and Helmer and Hayward continued. Lord Captain Hunter has scoured every battle borough will. with, help from Harbone's Captain Braffix, and Lord Ronan's elite guard. We have brought all the weapons we can into the city. Emerson is overseeing the installation, installation, and fitting out the bow strikers and other defense, defensive measures. He has helped equip the Highwall wardens, and this has. And has hardly taken a break since your victory, our victory, Lieutenant. Yes, Your Highness. Go on, Hayward. I am heading up the special, cons- the special constructions under Captain Helmer, and my team of brother votaries from Halfwin has been excellent. As Captain Fry said, at our current rate of preparation, we need at least ten days. Thank you, Hayward. Counterintelligence? She has looking back at Captain Fry. I wonder what... Hold, I'm going to see what counterintelligence intelligence, intelligence means. Um... What... does... counter... In Hold on, how do you spell it? Count Hold on. Counter in what does counter counterintelligence mean? Okay. Counterintelligence means activities designed to prevent, to prevent or thwart spying, intelligence gathering and sabotaging by an enemy or other foreign entity. So I think it means like traps for the enemy. Okay. Yes, your Highness, Captain Fry, Fry said, looking cautiously around the room. I will have a full report for you by morning. Emma nodded, then gazed around the room. Pickett thought she looked tired and thinner. What are we missing? she said. We are doing our best, I know, and I appreciate how hard you you're all working. I do. But any of your ideas but do any of your ideas have do any of you have ideas we need to hear? Is there any way to shorten our preparations? Your Highness, Lord Blackstar began. Our messages our messages sent to all secret citadels might yield reinforcements, but it seems unlikely to greatly reduce our need. Thank you, Lord Blackstar. If any arrive, you will see to their interrogation or integration into our forces into our forces and preparation. Yes, your highness. The trouble is, we don't have enough personnel or time, Lord Ronan said, frowning, and we can't manufacture either. Which leads us back to the terror Miss Weaver said. So much hinges on what they do. I wouldn't expect too much from them, Lord Blackstar said. Thomas Seer has poisoned them into thinking we betrayed and murdered Prince Bleston. and that's not all he's doing. Emma said, "But still, we must try." I, see embass- I sent an embassy for peace days ago, but they haven't returned. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I have taken other, more convert me- convert measures. Another glance at Helmer. Pickett frowned i've missed something where are joe and cole where's hannah maybe pickett should sit this meeting out homer said the terror don't love his folk songs pickett's frown turned into a smirk there was a knock at the door lieutenant workin entered in folding his hands behind his back waiting to be acknowledged what is it lieutenant emma asked I'm sorry, your highness, but a band from Halfwind just arrived, Warkin said, and their leader is demanding to speak to you. Their leader? Emma said. Who might that be? The door was pushed open, and a gallant gray rabbit strode in. Wilfred Longtreather, your highness, he said, bowing low, reporting for duty. Pickett leaped to his feet. Uncle Wilfrid, Sidestepping his chair, he limped quickly across to fold his uncle in an embrace. He felt the strong arms close around him. I thought we lost you. I can't believe you came. How is this possible? There is much to tell, Pickett, but you can thank old Joan for my recovery when she arrives, Uncle Wilfrid said, giving a final squeeze to his nephew's neck. He broke free and turned to face Emma. But first I must share urgent intelligence. Forgive me, but that's why I insisted on the interruption, your highness. He said, bowing low, bowing low once again. Please go on. Emma stood up. Uncle Wilford bowed, then cleared his throat. He looked at the door just as Cole, Joe, and Hannah came in. Lord Blackstar stood. Your highness, I found Joe in the forest, then caught up with the Blackstars at the west gate. They learned that Balestin's second son, Nayland recently arrived with vast reinforcements. Prince Nayland has emptied their lands of soldiers, and their coming makes the Terlanes' strength nearly twice what it was. Tamith's seer is rallying the army to attack. Attack? Emma asked, frustration vivid in her drawn face. Attack where? Who? Here, your highness, Uncle Wilfred said. They mean to attack you here and unite rabbit kind behind Kylan. Then Tamasir will finalize a new alliance with Morbin. When? Helmer asked. At dawn. They attack at dawn. Okay, chapter five is called Blackfall and I'm gonna stop here. We are fifteen minutes in on my part. Okay. Goodbye, Dad. Love you.